Welcome to Shetland with Laurie, a podcast dedicated to Shetland, the place and the people, with me, Laurie Goodland, a writer and tour guide based at 60 degrees north. The Shetland with Laurie podcast is for people who have visited Shetland, or who would like to visit, or for those who would just like to know a little bit more about life here. So welcome, I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to today's show. On the podcast today, I am speaking to Misha Hay, who runs the business Shetland Wool Adventures, and we have a fantastic chat just about uh, living and working in Shetland, about the knitting holidays that she runs here, and what it's like to run a business in Shetland, and she shares with us a few of her tips about how to run a successful business in Shetland. And we speak about gardening, and there's lots in here in the show, so we'll just dive right in, and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Misha, and welcome to the show. Hi, Laurie. Thank you so much for inviting me to the show. It's really great to be here. Oh, I'm absolutely delighted to have you on. We've worked together quite a bit over the years, but for those of you who don't know who you are, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do here? Yes, I would love to, Laura, but first of all, please let me take the opportunity to congratulate you on launching the podcast, because I know it's been a dream of yours for a long time. Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's just so good to see you are going ahead with it. So, yes, um, my name is Misha Hay, and at the moment I run knitting and knitting and hiking tours, Shetland Wool Adventures. The latest development is launching the Shetland Wool Adventures journal, so venturing into a bit as well. Exciting. And you're a bit of an honorary Shetlander and you've been here for a number of years now, but you, you didn't grow up in Shetland. So can you tell us uh, where you grew up and how you came to be here? Yeah. So when I think about it, it doesn't really seem that long ago, but um, I moved to Shetland in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, I've already, I already had an experience with Shetland. I came here in 1999 on a high school exchange that was just a short time but instantly I fell in love with the place and I think it really was thanks to the family I was staying with because they really were wonderful hosts and they showed me beautiful places and we went on lovely walks yeah and already then I knew I would have to come back so I just kept coming back to Shetland over the following summers just for a summer job when I was studying at a university and then the final move came in 2004 And you grew up in the Czech Republic and you did your education there. That's right, Laurie. Yeah, Yeah, I'm from the Czech Republic. Um, Not from Prague, probably as far from Prague as it gets. I'm (laughs) kind of closer to the border with Slovakia, just in case anyone wonders. (laughs) Prague is a wonderful city, though. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, um, And so when you moved to Shetland in 2004, what was it that you were doing? How did you, what was your first kind of employment here in the island? Yeah, so my background is tourism and marketing. That's what I studied when I was at the university in the Czech Republic. And mm-hmm. um, I managed to get a job with the local tourist office. At that point, it was still um, Shetland Islands tourism. Mm-hmm. That took me a little while to remember because there, <laughs> there have been so many changes. Yeah. But yeah. So I think that was the last year of Shetland Islands tourism and then um, it changed into Visit Shetland as part of Visit Scotland and then Promote Shetland started on from then. So those were my steps on my Shetland 
I would say, tourism and marketing career. So really, it was a combination of um, promoting Shetland to visitors and telling them about the place and developing new products and exp well experiences as well. So just just a combination of all these things. Yeah, and I mean the work that you did when you were at, like I said, promote Shetland was absolutely fantastic and you kind of brought Shetland to so many different people that would otherwise perhaps not have known about Shetland. Yeah I think I really think of those days really fondly because we started with very little and our task was starting and developing a brand new website which is Shetland.org and really we treated the whole uh, initiative as promoting the place on a level of a small country rather than just the region so i think we've yeah. always been aiming very high and we've always been we've always used we always used to be very innovative um andy my former boss he was always into tech and webcams and online yeah. broadcasting so yeah. Yeah. Always, always been learning all the time yeah <laughs> And I think that's so important that you said that you you kind of treated Shetland as like a almost like an individual country because mm -hmm. in many ways, although we're part of Scotland, Shetland is in so many other ways completely set apart and it is a, a completely different place in many respects. And I don't know if it's because we're an island or because of historically how we've been governed, but you do get a, a different sense in Shetland compared to the rest of Scotland is that something that that kind of resonates with you oh absolutely and those meetings we used to have with Visit Scotland that always had been challenging because they obviously marketed Scotland as a whole as a Scottish in a Scottish way with all the Scottish attributes and Shetland was always different the same as Orkney so I was challenging trying to push the Shetland messages through and that's probably one of the reasons why Promote Shetland was set up in the day. Yeah. And um, you know, it, it's it's been good being part of the big national network, but also it's been good that we had the opportunity to actually push the Shetland messages and really promote what's specifically different about Shetland. That's kind of where your own business comes in. So you started your business four years ago. You've just had your fourth business That's birthday, right, haven't you? <laughs> Happy yes, birthday. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Well, <laughs> it's quite funny because I, I did study tourism and marketing, but I think I was mostly the marketing and management side of things that I had always been drawn to. And running tours probably never was anything on my mind. It just turned out over the time as a, as a good thing to do and a good thing to try because I think I'm quite a practical person and I like coming up with new ideas and new challenges. And it just seemed like such an obvious thing, you know, for Shetland with its knitting and textile heritage to have knitting tours. And at that point, there was very little on the market. Yeah. So I just thought, why not, you know, try something new and if it fails, it fails. But since then, it's been a great success. And I think I've welcomed probably over 200 people already Wow, taking part in the tours. And that's it. And they, they don't just come for for like a day to be with you, like the, the tours that I run. I might just see somebody for a day or even a few hours, but you actually, you bring groups to Shetland and you give them the full experience so they enjoy a, a complete holiday, I suppose, like a package knitting holiday. Could you kind of speak us through uh, the type of holidays that you do? 
Yeah, it's just actually it's really lovely to hear the way you talk about it, Laura, because sometimes things are so busy and you just don't realize or don't think so much about the daily day-to-day activities and what you do and yeah it's exactly what you say you know I think I'm so lucky because I do get people who already love Shetland for them yeah. it's lots of them it's a lifetime dream to come here and experience mm-hmm. um, the culture and the heritage and speak with the locals and knit with the locals so the people I get they really want to immerse themselves into the culture they want to buy local things they want to eat local food they really I think they really want to become Shetlanders lots of them yeah and I I hope that lots of them leave the place thinking they are part of Shetland because lots of them do fall in love with the place some of them come back and I've had ones that actually moved here as a result of that trip oh wow (laughs) it's just or or they're aspiring to you know so I, I always think that's my job's done when somebody says they fall in love with the place yeah and that's it I mean when you think about um, coming to Shetland and doing a knitting holiday, it's not just knitting that you're offering them. You're really offering them a window into the lives of people living here. And like you said, you're offering them a full experience where they can come here and they can eat local food and they can meet local people and you go on hikes. and you ex- So you kind of marry the, the landscape and the knitting together and they can draw inspiration because you yourself are quite a visual creative person so is is that something that is important in the tours that you do oh thank you well i think predominantly or the main thing about the tours now that i think come to think about it i think it's the opportunity to slow down and really forget about all the busyness of daily lives everyone has because they often have busy jobs uh, high up jobs and really it's about walking along the coastline just breathing the fresh air here listening yeah. to the sea and just really slowing down and getting the ideas and just feeling grounded I, I don't know how to describe it really yeah so for yeah it's the same for me the inspiration from the place comes from every day uh, quite often when I feel stressed out and I've had enough emails and thinking about the business I'll just go for a walk and yeah just really rebalance and switch off from yeah. the daily worries yeah that's exactly the same as me it, it, there, there really is nothing that can beat just a, a brisk walk in the fresh air and just kind of soaking in the environment around you oh especially <laughs> now as we are coming to the season when the autumn or well not so much autumn but almost winter is yeah coming and <laughs> yeah we skip autumn <laughs> that's it it's kind of high speed fresh air isn't it it is yeah <laughs> And you would assume that you yourself are a an avid keen knitter. Do you do you knit, Misha? Yeah, well, that's the one. Um, <laughs> I'm I am a very basic knitter, and I just don't even want to think that I would um, try to show my knitting to to the amazing Shetland knitters. But um, it's just it's just one of these things, you know. Things are always so busy, and it's one of these things that you want to master. But um, I know. I'm the same. I've never really, never really had an opportunity to immerse myself into it. But this year, with so many changes and things slowing down, I yeah. am planning to start on a project. And definitely the first <laughs> one will have to be with Donna Smith's beautiful long soon yarn. Oh, yeah, the one colors. Of, one of her. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, really. I'm looking forward to a slower winter of finally being able to enjoy what I offer to the others. But you did design a fantastic snood recently. 
Yeah, well, that that was a lovely thing. Um, we spend almost a week in Fair Isle with Murray of Fair Isle Knitting Holidays, and mm -hmm. the aim was to learn uh, knitting with a knitting machine and design your own design. So um, we went there during a very very stormy period. It was the Storm Dennis. Yeah, <laughs> we actually got stranded there, so we got extra time to work on our project. Brilliant. And yeah, that was just the result of our work together and I, I was really excited about it and all of a sudden I started getting all these comments and compliments about the snood yeah. and then I had the idea, well, maybe some others would like to knit it as well, so it'll be part of the journal as one of the knitting patterns. Yes, and the journal is something that I'm personally really, really excited about. It's something that you've been working really hard on over lockdown because of course, this has been a really difficult year for many businesses and we started 2020 thinking it was going to look one way and then it suddenly looked completely different. So you decided that you would follow a, a dream that you'd had, I suppose, to create this um, fantastic journal. Could you tell us a little bit about the journal that you're producing? Yeah, well, where do you even start? 2020. <laughs> I don't know how about you, but for me, certainly, <laughs> I was lined up to be the busiest season yet. I yeah. had um, 13 tours lined up, and mm -hmm. then end of March came, and all of a sudden, you wake up and everything's different. Yeah. So there were two options, really, at that point. I was thinking, you know, either you can just give up everything you worked on so hard, yeah. just sit and kind of feel sorry for yourself, or you can really try to come up with something different. So in some ways... Perhaps there is something to be grateful about this strange situation we find ourselves in. And yeah. for me, it's the fact that I actually was able to slow down and develop something that I had been dreaming about because publishing and producing prints, that was one of the favorite parts of my old jobs. Yeah. Because I, I used to do the 60 North magazine and yeah. other publications. So somehow... I had publications in my mind. I was thinking perhaps a guidebook, perhaps a magazine, but nothing really seemed right until really the end of March. And the whole idea came to me that I should do a combination, a publication yeah. that focuses on Shetland, but it also has knitting and really captures all the interesting stories and as a place for beautiful photography and lots of Shetland inspiration. Yeah, and I, I love the idea that the journal will be annual or twice a year and that you're actually as you said slowing down and taking the time to produce something that is visually beautiful but also is just packed with really really good content in my in my past when I worked on a magazine it was a monthly magazine and you're always chasing deadlines and so when you're chasing those deadlines sometimes the, the content is not maybe what you would want it to be because you don't have the time to really sit down yeah. and think and plan and, and come up with something that really feels right for you. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I feel, well, privileged and very lucky to be able to have the time to now work on something like that. And I think Shetland really deserves it, you know, because there is such a wealth of stories and so much interesting stuff going on on a daily basis. And I love being able to contribute my little bit to capture these yeah and there's and there's a real need for it too i suppose since the 60 north magazine um stopped being produced and there's really yeah. been a gap where well, 
where that was. Definitely. It's just, again, it's so humbling. Until this day, I've got people stopping me on the street and they're asking me what's happened with the magazine and yeah. is it coming out. So it's just nice after these few years to be able to restart something again. Yeah. So will it have a similar kind of thread or a similar feel to what the 60 North magazine had? Um, I know that many, many thousands of people subscribe to that magazine. Will they be able to get kind of similar content in the new journal? Yeah, I do really hope so. I mean, as I said, predominantly it is connected to textiles and knitting, but I didn't really want to just focus on those. I really want everyone to be able to find a little bit of something for them and lots of lots of history lots of interesting yeah. stories and interviews and there is walking also there are recipes so it's just it really captures the whole life in Shetland I would say and of course you are one of the contributors yourself yeah here, so. <laughs> yes yeah I'm speaking about Jimmy Perez <laughs> yes the, the, the only one everyone loves that <laughs> I know <laughs> and you said that in the in the journal you'll have a few recipes as well and that's another um, thing that you're quite passionate about is not only cooking but also growing your own food yeah that's the challenge of growing food in Shetland um, <laughs> yeah I, rem- I remember I you know I, I grew up in, blo- in a block of flats and we just had a small balcony so having a garden that was always my dream yeah and then I moved to Shetland and all of a sudden I had a garden, but I thought, well, nothing's going to grow here. <laughs> so I, start, I, think, I think I started with a small plant of rosemary and, a, I don't know, oregano, oregano and marjoram, just some herbs. And then yeah. I just thought, no way, this is not going to happen. So I think the main thing when you realize, the main thing in Shetland, when you want to grow things, you realize is the shelter. So yeah. whatever you do, you're building shelter. Yeah. And then you're just experimenting and seeing what will grow. So I think after these few years, um, I've got a range of things that I know will do quite well. And then you just use those and trying to come up with some nice recipes and just cook as local or use as much local ingredients and produce as possible. Yeah. And it, and it is challenging. I mean, we have so few good growing days here. And because we are so far north, it is just nearly impossible to get some things to grow and I mean we both have good growing spaces um you've got a polytunnel I've got a, a poly crub which is yeah. a, a kind of thick polycarbonate plastic that shouldn't blow away in the next in winter storm yeah. <laughs> in theory but even even that's challenging um last night I went out to my poly crub to check on my tomato plants so I think I've got maybe eight, green. <laughs> eight tomato plants lots and lots of tomatoes on them and they're all green I got three three tomatoes so you'll be making lots of chutney or something like that pick on <laughs> <I> them <laughs> yeah I don't know I might need a recipe from you Misha but well, you do you do have another blog that's um where you speak about gardening and about cooking could you tell us about that yeah, it's a bit neglected at the moment, I have to say to my shame. It's called <laughs> my, Shetland, my Shetland Garden, and I really started that one a few years ago. I've got a passion for herbs and, well, a bit of foraging as well, because I think there's so much beautiful stuff growing out there that people are not utilizing, which over those years have, has become 
a lot more popular a lot more people are going and collecting metals and making yeah. metal pesto and all these things yeah you so, certainly inspired me to make nettle soup i used your nettle soup <laughs> recipe yeah and delicious. often i do feel i do feel a bit strange sometimes you know picking all these random things and probably my friends got used to the fact that there's always something strange going on <laughs> in terms of trying new recipes and new new ingredients but yeah um my Shetland garden is just an attempt to inspire people to grow a little bit of food really I always yeah. think even if you don't have to buy your own salad leaves that's just a little contribution because that's something that probably most people buy and often gets thrown away yeah so if we can just cut down a little bit and do our our little bit then that helps yeah and it's important as well because we live on an island it's important to remember how our how our food actually gets here and you know like everything that is brought into the supermarket has to come on the overnight ferry so it has to get shipped from the mainland and it really it just makes me so angry when I go into the supermarket and I I see that we're selling New Zealand lamb in the supermarket oh absolutely and it's all the packaging as well so yeah I I think it's good well especially you'll know that yourself when you've got kids it's good to show them where it comes from and it's really good to show them not to take things for granted you know it doesn't just come from a supermarket and beautifully packaged and uh, without any blemishes you know that the real food actually does look different and tastes different yeah my carrots certainly look different (laughs) (laughs) i bet they're much nicer though they are smell of a proper carrot yeah (laughs) so so the um my shetland garden is that somewhere that you're hoping to continue to kind of put recipes and inspiration ideas and and are some of the recipes some of your recipes included in the journal well that's the funny thing because before the pandemic pandemic started um, I was really planning to write a cookbook this year so yeah. I started on that but um, since then it's been on the back burner but it really is very much something I would like to still do in the future and there are some exciting plans which I at the moment can't tell you much about but uh, <laughs> keep an eye out because there is something exciting happening good <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah yeah developing my own recipes and just swapping ingredients that's just something i enjoy and i would like to kind of inspire more people doing that as well yeah well we look and forward you know i was just i was just going to say that's the thing about shetland like i said when i came here i thought nothing much can grow here yeah but you realize you can actually grow a lot of things and if it can grow in shetland and there is no reason why people in other places that are not as harsh or don't have such harsh climate you know there's no reason why they could couldn't grow things themselves as well yeah absolutely it's just having faith that what you put in you hopefully you'll get some results coming back and and as you said it is just trial and error and up here up here in Shetland sometimes it feels like it's more errors than anything but eventually you will find what grows well in your garden and and it is hugely rewarding yeah and if nothing else you get the fresh air and exercise exercise out of it so you don't well, that, <laughs> that's true <laughs> since you since you started your business you have really taken a, a kind of different a different look at life and how you use your time your time is quite precious to you and that balance that we all try 
and some of us do better than others that whole work-life balance and how is that how do you find that works in your business and is it yeah. something that's important to you oh yeah it's definitely very important and like I said moving here in 2004 and since then I've had a range of really busy and stressful jobs um, I think back to 2018 I think I was pretty close to, well, it's quite fashionable to say it these days, but I think I was pretty close to a burnout. It really yeah. just wasn't the best time of my life and things were, well, yeah, it was just difficult. So I think at that point, again, you have the options. You just keep going with it and yeah. I'm not sure what, what would happen, but you can just step out of there and start something different, which it's a difficult one because when you've been working so hard on getting somewhere and um, uh, it just takes a long time and a lot of effort and then you decide actually after all that time I will take my time out and I will start something different and leave that well leave that some leave something that you've established yeah. then lots of friends and lots of family will tell you well are you serious about it are you sure <laughs> yeah you worked so hard but yeah. I think I think since then th that really was the best thing I would say that probably one of the best things I've done just stepping out I mean that's then... something that we that we have spoken about so much yeah uh, personally yeah. Well, because mm -hmm. we, we both did that we both gave up I suppose meaningful employment nine to five traditional employment and we both yeah. started on a new journey on our own and I think it's fair to say that neither of us have, have ever looked back. Absolutely and I think that's the beauty about Shetland because it is a good place where you can have that family and work balance Yeah. because I think it's always it's the surroundings it's the nature and it's the outdoors that will always kind of bring you back to the core of what's important I would say. Yeah and so, it is important as well just to say that like you noted that in some of your previous jobs that you were doing you were they were really really busy positions you had quite a lot of responsibility and and as you said you were close to burning out and I think that sometimes people have an idea in their mind that if they were to live somewhere like Shetland that those things that we hear about burnout and stressful jobs that they don't happen here but I mean Shetland is the same as anywhere else and that you can have you can have a job that leaves you feeling completely exhausted at the end of the day and it's just about how you personally um, respond yeah, to that and then then you come to the realization that life is short and we only have the, we only have one chance at it and you know you you do have to enjoy it you have to be doing what you enjoy doing and for that reason I think I was very happy or very very lucky to be able to start something new start something fresh and really take things into my hands and really just find the right balance yeah being able being able to say no to things I think that that's a big part of yeah I think that's a big learning curve really just yeah. being in a position to be able to only focus on what, what you want to be doing that's something that's quite difficult when you are running your own business because you are having to be everything in that business where you in a normal organization you would have a team of people around you and lots of people with kind of specific roles so how do you kind of draw the line in your business and say, right, this is my time and my time is precious and I'm going to go into my kitchen and I'm going to cook a lovely meal or I'm going to 
read my book this afternoon how do you draw a line and kind of carve out your own time yeah I'm sure you will agree it's not easy <laughs> no and sometimes you just feel like you never switch off but then that's part of me and I enjoy working that way there are times yeah. when I'll be really busy and I'll never stop thinking about new projects and how to do things but then I'll be able to take a few days out and really just go and walk and enjoy somewhere nice in Shetland and again to draw the inspiration from the place so yeah like everywhere else running a business requires a lot of juggling and sacrifice but it is also very rewarding yeah. so yeah no de definitely it's I think it's still something that we are all learning those who have started a business recently yeah just not to always be there but to also take a break and just relax a bit yeah I think that I think that is a really important message and and yeah probably one that more of us should actually listen to <laughs> yeah no it's, it is about the boundaries but like I said it's not always easy finding them mm -hmm. and what what would you say are kind of three factors that that you think have contributed to the success of your business yeah well that that's a really good question um do you know i've been thinking about it and i think probably the number one thing for me it is about the courage it's about not worrying about taking risks or making yeah. mistakes i still go back to my olden days at promote and when my former boss Andy Steven, he would say to us you know you can make a mistake but only make it once <laughs> i think that's that's always on my mind and i'm thinking well you know, you learn from mistakes. Yeah. That's just totally natural to do them. And I would rather try something and make a mistake and learn from that than not try it at all. I think so many people are kind of paralyzed by that fear that they might make a mistake or that what they want to do is the wrong decision. So they end up just just not doing anything. And, and that's kind of the fear that holds them back. Yeah. And then what's the, what's the worst that can happen? You know, you can always fix things. So yeah. Definitely. I would say the courage and just just give it a go. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, next one, probably it is hard work. It's the willingness to show up on a regular basis. You know, it's uh, about yeah. being consistent and sharing that inspiration and sharing those interesting snippets of information. It, mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't seem like much, you know, maybe your, your kids will be the same. Sometimes they'll probably tell you you seem to be on the phone the whole time, which yeah. is my, my case, it, it often is. Yeah. But I, as you say, I do enjoy the visual uh, inspiration and I love sharing Shetland through Instagram and through um, photographs. So yeah, I would say probably that was another one. Just really, it started with sharing the content and just sharing the place. Yeah, and that's... I mean, thinking about Instagram, it's such a it's such a fantastic platform, and I think both of us have enjoyed the success using using Instagram. But it is it's always on on the other side. You've got your your family and your children, and you're thinking, gosh, all they're doing is seeing me sitting on my phone, and it's a difficult balance to to show up, but also to kind of show up in in your own life too. Yeah, yeah, and I think again that it comes with the boundaries as we were speaking about, and it comes with time. So, initially, when you're starting a new business, you do have to be present so much more. Yeah. So I think over the time things will recalibrate and will kind of get back to the balance a bit more. Yeah. And then the third one, 
I think it's always knowing and having in mind who your ideal customer is. So really, whatever you do in terms of your business decisions, always think of that customer and think what they would want. So just try not to diverse, diversify too much, really just focus on what do you think for your best, what the best thing would be for your ideal customer. Yeah. For you, it would be, you're thinking about who you would want to be coming to Shetland on your whole holidays and how you can best serve yeah. them. And I, I always imagine myself, you know, I'm thinking, what would I want it to be like in this particular situation? What would, what would I want to be doing? And what sort yeah. of food I would like to be eating? And how would mm-hmm. I like to spend the day? So quite often, it really is just trying to put yourself, putting yourself in the shoes of that particular person. Yeah. Yeah, that's good and advice. Yeah, if I can give you a bonus one, I've been thinking about oh, this Oh, go one. for it, Yeah. <laughs> I think that probably is one of the most important things and then that's how so many great things developed in Shetland. It's about collaboration. Yeah. You know, it's about the community of people and the collaboration over competition. That's what I would say. So yeah. just really working working together with people and not thinking, you know, this person is competing with me. Yeah. There is enough out there for everyone. And I think working together will make us all stronger rather than competing against each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with that entirely. And I think, um, I suppose that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast was because there's so many amazing people in Shetland and so many amazing things going on. And it's such a vibrant community. And if we work together and, as you say, collaborate, then it just kind of brings that to life even more. And it means that the experience for anyone coming here is just that bit greater. Well, I think I think that's what Shetland is about. That's why people think Shetland is special because it is about the community and people helping out each other. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a rare thing these days. You know, they're not used to experiencing something like that. So I think that that's our, well, that really is what we have to keep doing. Yeah. And it's about resilience too, because when you when you bring people on holidays here or when or when I have tours here, I mean you could easily go to the supermarket and just buy some tasteless sandwiches and, and yeah. serve that up. But what you really want them to do is have that experience and you want them to experience local food that's been prepared by a local person. And if we if, if businesses support each other, then that just means that you have so much more to offer here. There's just a greater experience for everybody. Yeah, and then everyone benefits, you know, it's just yeah. this positive ripple and mm-hmm. yeah, everyone benefits in the end. Yeah. And when when people come to do your tours as well, you're not just looking at knitting and knitwear. I mean you you take them and show them uh, a working croft or a working farm too and kind of it's, it's a whole experience about how wool is produced and how food as well is produced in the islands yeah. and it's like yeah it's a real rounded experience for them i think that would that's what makes shetland really special you know that's what makes shetland stand out amongst competing destinations and places because here they can see the whole process and I've always been really proud of being able to show that where it all comes from, where the Shetland sheep as a breed come from, 
and the fact that everything is so centered in what people do until this day. So I think it's very, very special. And the fact that they can go to Jamison's and see how the whole process of producing yarn works. So yeah. I think they're getting a whole understanding of what's behind it. It really isn't just about buying a ball of yarn and knitting a jumper with it. It's about the whole connection to the place. And I think yeah. that's what I'm always trying to focus on during the tours. Yeah. I was just going to say another one is walking. Really, that's just something that developed over the time. And it turns out that people love getting outdoors. So the knitting and hiking trips have been even more popular than just the knitting ones. Yeah. And... And I know, I know myself when I take visitors around that um, quite a number of them are are knitters or 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 photographers or artists or whatever, um, and they're always completely inspired by the landscape and the colours that are ever changing here. I mean, it doesn't matter what time of year you come here, you will find like colour inspiration in the landscape in some form or another. Yeah, I would say we're almost coming to the, for me, the best part of the year. It's the yeah. autumn, when you get the autumn light, when the colours are just a bit more subtle and you've got lots of rusts and browns and then the kind of deep steely sea and stormy sky. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that time of the year yeah. when you get a nice day or yeah. a stormy day. <laughs> it's nice on a stormy day if, yeah, if, you, if you can actually get out and, and not have your yeah. camera blown away and battered by wind and rain. <laughs> Yeah, and that's one thing I would just say, maybe for those of you who haven't seen the Shetland webcams, um, they've got excellent views from Shetland and just recently from S&S. So just the other day when there was such a stormy day, there were incredible views of the stormy sea and the cliffs of S&S. So I would definitely urge you to go to, uh, to Shetland webcams. Yeah, I'll put a link to Shetland webcams actually in the show notes and anybody that's not been there to have a look then they can go and, and guaranteed see. people will get addicted yeah and actually it's, it is quite nice because some days like especially operationists there are some days that you that is really just not safe to be oh, standing on the cliffs yeah and yeah mm-hmm. and it sounds it sounds ridiculous to say that that it's too dangerous to be standing up on the cliffs but we do get such severe wind and that's quite an exposed kind of peninsula as well that um yeah, sometimes it's better just to enjoy it from your couch. <laughs> from the, yeah, from the safety of your home and a nice cup yeah. of tea or coffee. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And Misha, going back to the journal just for a for a moment. Yeah. Uh, the journal is, it's it's been printed and it is now, it's been shipped to Shetland, so yeah. it's it ready be. to be distributed. Yeah, well, it should be hopefully arriving today or tomorrow. So I'm preparing myself for lifting a lot of boxes and <laughs> doing a lot of uh, enveloping and wrapping. And it'll yep. be making its way to all those who pre-ordered their copy. And I'm just so excited about it. I can't wait for everyone to get their copy and start knitting those lovely garments that are shown and really just preparing for their next Shetland adventure, I hope. And anybody can still order a copy that maybe haven't pre-ordered already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just from my website, shetlandwoodadventures.com. It's all there. Yeah, and I'll put a link so that anybody that wants to buy a journal can just click on the link and that should take yeah. them right to the to the page. Thank you. And, and locally, they'll be available in local shops as well. So. Oh, will they? 
Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So definitely from the bookshop and uh, from Piri shop and other places as well. Excellent. That must be such. It must be such a feeling actually to to see it in the in the flesh. I suppose after all the work that you've that you've put in. Yeah, it's it's a strange feeling. It just feels surreal, and I still yeah. I, sometimes it does feel like a dream a bit. So yeah. And do you, are you planning another one? Yes, I am working on volume two already. Fantastic. So crazy me, yes, I know. <laughs> but I just can't help myself and I've got so many ideas already. So I'm speaking Good. with uh, designers at the moment. So hopefully yeah. that one would come out in March 2021. Brilliant. That's excellent. And then hopefully it will be the, the first of many. Well, I hope so, yeah. Fingers crossed. Yep. And for... For people, uh, how can they find you online, Misha? So probably the best place is Instagram, as I was saying. I love sharing photos from Shetland, so um, at least a few photos a week. So it's um, at Shetland Wool Adventures on Instagram and then the website, shetlandwooladventures.com. I'm on Facebook as well. And I've got a newsletter, which I try to keep quite regular. Yeah, you're I, an inspiration. I love your newsletter. I would urge Thank anybody you. to sign up to your newsletter. I really enjoy Thank it. Thank you, Laurie. Yeah, <laughs> so that can, be, that can be from the website as well, just signing up from there. And for visitors who are coming to Shetland, what would your top three recommendations be? Okay, well, that's a difficult one. But I would definitely say start with Shetland.org which is yeah. a brilliant website. There's so much resource there, um, so much interesting reading. And yeah. in particular, I would say go to the walking section because walking is such an important part of your Shetland holiday. Yeah. So And they've got some fantastic walks on there too. And some that are really kind of off the beaten track and some lesser yeah. known walks too. Well, I, I remember in the day, again, when we were developing that part, I just felt so passionate about it because me being an incomer to Shetland and you just don't know, can I walk here? Is this allowed? So I think the whole idea behind that was to give people um, confidence to walk yeah. anywhere because like anywhere in Scotland, we do have the um, right to roam. Yeah, that's right. Right to roam, providing mm-hmm. we're following the outdoor access code, we are free to walk anywhere yeah that's a really good point actually because people ask me this time and time again like whether or not they can they can go off the kind of off the path and and the answer is yes I mean as long as you like you said follow the outdoor code and and leave gates as you find them and just yeah be responsible then you can really explore anywhere in Shetland and uh, and that is important for people to to realize and understand yeah, so I think that that would be the main one, going back to being yeah. a visitor here for the first time, just knowing where you can go. And like we said, it's free to go anywhere and you don't have to follow the path, just be responsible yeah. and safe, of course. And then I would say visiting the small museums and heritage centers that are yeah. often run by volunteers. Those are perfect for speaking with the locals and often they've got lovely gift shops and you can buy a nice cup of tea, coffee, cake yeah definitely a perfect source of local information maybe gossip as well yeah and also um in some of the small museums as well the like the knitwear and things that people can pick up in there are is really oh, really reasonably priced. it yeah. is because it's all knitted by people within that kind of community and 
and so you will you will pick up some really really nice one-off pieces yeah i love when my guests come back say from unstory ellen it's almost like show and tell because everyone's <laughs> showing what they bought and all these lovely pieces they're taking home <laughs> and i always yeah. feel so happy about it because it, it does uh, support small makers and the local community yeah and then the last one in terms of advice for visitors i would say just slow down don't rush and really enjoy what Jetland has got to offer and just enjoy it really yeah in some ways you're better to take a whole day in one place rather than trying to cram in every single site yeah. and just actually yeah slowing down and and noticing what it is that's around you yeah and I would say I don't know how about you but I love when traveling I love going back to places so the first time you go you kind of almost feel like you have to like you say you have to cover everything yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the second second time second time you don't feel guilty about not going to all the attractions and you can just take your time yeah. and slow down yeah. so th- this is almost us being on a commission for the local tourist board telling people to keep coming back <laughs> yeah yeah just come every year every time you're booking a holiday just come back to Shetland <laughs> Well, that's what we want, you know, the friends <laughs> yeah. of Shetland and people who are almost like locals and love it so much. Yeah, that's it. And um, I think people that keep coming back here, they have like such a respect for the place too. And and I think that we're, we're so fortunate here in that the visitors that we do get, I mean, they really want to be here and they really have such a respect for the place and the people. And uh, I think we're really fortunate in that. That's right. Yeah. And then can I just, again, give you a bonus one in <laughs> yeah. terms of equipment definitely layers warm yeah. layers and a good jacket because the weather changes quickly and it might be a lovely day when you start your walk but it'll be a gale when you're coming back so that's important Very and important. Sur- surprisingly i would say pack your swimming costume because <laughs> you never know you might fancy the dip in the sea and you might be completely hooked um it's very refreshing but i would say probably for me one of the best experiences when it does really make you feel alive yeah it does and what do you um, think I absolutely I am really really guilty this year in that I've not been swimming in the sea without my wetsuit like when we were growing up we were in the sea every summer and it just never the cold just didn't bother us but as I get older I'm definitely becoming more uh more yeah. of a wuss really so I have a wetsuit and <laughs> so I I go in and, and, and I'm a like a, of coffee yeah so I go in and I'm just like a big fat seal in my wetsuit <laughs> but um but yeah that's something that that is really taken that kind of becoming more and more popular here again is this kind of wild yeah over this year it's been such a difference obviously during the lockdown you saw so many people out there walking and then more into the summer loads more people swimming in the sea maybe because the swimming pools weren't open i don't know but i think people are people are almost reconnecting again with the um, outdoors and just enjoying it more and i think i think that's a great thing and i hope it keeps going yeah and I think for um again that kind of idea of just slowing down and yeah reconnecting with nature I think that there's so much evidence that says like cold water swimming is really good for your your mental health and your your general well-being yeah I've just finished reading a book from a lady who lives in Orkney I think it's called Swimming with Seals Mm, or is it called Sold on on My Skin maybe okay I'm not sure. Maybe you can put it in the links as well. But yeah. um, 
that's just been really inspiring too. Just someone who never thought they would go in the sea, probably like 99% of people and then they become <laughs> completely hooked. And I think, yeah, I think there is an active group in Shetland, isn't there, of wild swimmers maybe? Yeah, I can link that too. That's uh, the Shetland Selkies, I think they're called. But yeah, it is an active group. And so if you're in Shetland and you're interested in wild swimming, you can meet up with the group and they'll take you because obviously you have to be aware of any tides or kind of dangers in the water. But generally speaking, the water around Shetland is relatively safe um, if if you kind of pick a shelter, beach or whatever. But you do, yeah, you have to be aware of any dangers that might be there. And also the sea temperature, people always ask about that. So... Um, do you know what temperature the sea is at the moment, Misha, now in I September? I don't know, I think it could be, could it be as high as maybe 12, 13 degrees? Yeah, well, sorry, yeah. it's the war- warmest at the moment. It's well, warmest at the moment, yeah. And then in the winter it goes down to maybe 7 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Yeah. So, so actually say... the sea is warmer than the air temperature, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a bonus. <laughs> that's a bonus, but it's still freezing. <laughs> hmm so, so no, I would I would definitely encourage anyone to give it a go because it's just a good thing to do and guess what? It's free. Like so many good yeah. things in Shetland, it's free. Yeah, that yeah, that's a really good point too, is that there's so much that you can do here that you can that is free and so many of the like archaeological sites and things are like unexcavated, but you can you can actually visit them. Lots of the Brock sites you can just go and visit and they're they're free to go and explore and that's something that's quite different from on the mainland where quite often you'll pay um, quite steep admission fees to go and look at a a ruined fort or whatever. Yeah and then another thing I would maybe suggest to people who are planning their Shetland trip do go and find out about Shetland books because we've got so many interesting books from Shetland and about Shetland. There's the Shetland bus operation which I urge Mm -hmm. you to find out about. Just yeah it's just so much interesting stuff out there maybe something you want to add to laurie as well yeah well i think both i I think during lockdown both of us wrote blogs about shetland books you wrote a, a blog about recommending shetland books and that was a mixture of um fiction and non-fiction yeah. and mm-hmm. then i did a blog about my favorite fiction books so and I think actually when I looked at both our lists they were quite different so there is an awful lot of literature out there yeah well for my list I've been that's something I've been working on with Hayley Underton Uh, she's got a brilliant blog called Desperate Reader so she covers a lot of books and crafts and interesting things from Shetland Mm -hmm. so she helped me with my one but absolutely I mean since then I've read about three or four books on that list that I hadn't read before and that's just the thing I love I love that inspiration you get from the books and it's yeah. almost like a mini holiday if you can go somewhere for a weekend and take a Shetland book with you yeah I love nothing more than that yeah that's what I did recently when I went to Fetlar on holiday that's one of the North Isles so uh, what did you read I, I read um, Borrowed Time which okay. was about the Fetlar clearances so it was okay. quite it was quite um quite an academic book but it was yeah. really really well researched when you were walking around the kind of ruined buildings that were where the communities lived before they were cleared from the land by the laird in the 19th century then having read the book it was just i mean you could 
you could feel the people around you you knew who they were and you kind of knew their story and and so it kind of brought the whole place to life that's right it's always the connection with the place isn't it but yeah. wherever you go i do feel there's such a strong connection with the place and the past yeah so what what are you reading at the moment misha well i've could well it was just my birthday recently so i love treating myself to a pile of books um mm-hmm. so i've got a lot on my bedside table and one of them is the shetland a shetland notebook um oh yeah so that that's not so much about reading but more the visual inspiration yeah. and there's another one i started reading well recently i really enjoyed the bali at the center of the world yeah i Malak- really loved that book too by Malachi Talak, so I can really recommend that. That's yeah. that's a more recent one. Yeah. And then and anything from the past, I love the whole idea of the journal is about the romance of traveling and exploring. So any anything that would be like a travel, like a document of someone's travels, then yeah. I would love something like that. And we have some fantastic records, I suppose, from people who came here in the like eighteenth and nineteenth century. Yeah. And they, they amazing? Yeah, and they and they wrote their kind of grand tour notes on Shetland, and it's just such an important piece of the past that we have taken from from the perspective of an outsider who is kind of looking in, and and that's important too to see how like how we were viewed and yeah, yeah, definitely brilliant. Well, Misha, thank you very much. Um, it's been fantastic talking to you today and really, really looking forward to the journal coming out. And as I said, I'll put all the, the links to that in the show notes so that anybody that's, that would like to go ahead and buy a copy can do so. But thank you once again, and we will speak to you very, very soon. Do you have anything else that you would like to add? No, thank you so much for <laughs> It's been lovely and I loved chatting with you and Thank you for inviting me on the show and good luck with uh, the future episodes and I hope you get lots of listeners. Thank you for listening. This podcast can only be made possible by my supporters on Patreon. So a huge thank you to all my patrons. If you would like to support me in bringing you more of these shows, you can sign up and become a patron. You will find details about how to sign up in the show notes below or at www.patreon.com and just search Shetland with Laurie. And remember, you can find more on Instagram and give me a follow at Shetland with Laurie. So thank you once again for listening and we will see you here next time. And in the meantime, safe and happy travels. <laughs>